Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Homo Sapiens. Today, we are talking all things LGBTQ plus education, because I know it's something that gets you lot very hot under your collars. So I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Ollie Pike, because Ollie, um, what shall I call you, Ollie? Call me whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not fussy. (laughs) I would say you're doing some of the most exciting stuff in LGBTQ plus education for kids, uh, I think. That's that's super kind. Thank you. Not not at all. And that's how I came to know you because of your amazing Pop and Ollie platform, which provides, I'll read something out here. I could just ask you, but I'm going to read it, (laughs) uh, which provides LGBT plus inclusive books to children, parents and teachers. Their mission is to combat LGBT plus prejudice in education before it can begin to develop, which is such a beautiful concept because yeah you know everyone says no one was born racist or no one was born homophobic yeah there's actually been like multiple studies that children aren't born prejudice it's something mm. they learn but yeah i tend to call myself uh the ceu of Poppinoli, which stands for chief executive unicorn uh-huh, uh-huh. and quite frankly i think more companies should have ceus because the world <laughs> would probably be a bit more magical but yeah no i i guess i'm the director if anything as chief unicorn chief, chief executive unicorn What's the Christmas party like? I don't want to disclose the information because you just wouldn't be able to handle it. (laughs) It's rainbows, glitter, little elves and pixies. It's it's quite wild. Okay. Now, before we get into it, just everybody, don't forget, you can always contact us with your stories and feedback. There'll be lots about this episode, I know, because you've all written about a bazillion messages when we did stuff on social. So thank you. We're always up for a chat. Email is hello at homosapienspodcast.com or get in touch with us on Instagram at homosapiens. Tell us what you thought of the last episode. And as always, leave us a review and you could get a chance to win an Apple t-shirt no you couldn't you could win a homo sapiens t-shirt you could leave the review on apple Podcasts. good or bad we'll read them out i promise that bit's true i've done it before it still hurts okay um i know i should know this but ollie that's you pop yeah pop's my little sidekick well maybe i'm his sidekick i'm not too sure basically we're friends pop is a balloon who came to being on my YouTube channel, which I actually started in 2012. Wow. Yeah. Oh I think a lot of people think I've only just been doing this for a couple of years, but it's actually been 10 years. But back in 2012, it was very different. It wasn't even LGBT+. My background is actually in children's theatre um, uh-huh. and entertainment and television. So I've always loved that world 
of uh, telling stories for children. It's just so fantastical and imaginative. Yeah. Um, one of my first jobs, I was actually in a children's CBBC show, jumping around on like this fairy tale tower. And it just really inspired me. And I was like, I love this world of like fairy tales and make believe. So it led to me creating my own content on YouTube. Um, and like all good children's content, if there's a presenter, they need someone to bounce off of. And who can yes. you bounce off better than a balloon? And what oh, would you I call a balloon? That. You call a balloon pop. Um, <laughs> and it just stuck. And is pop mischievous? Like... Some sidekicks or well-behaved? Um, I think we're about the same. Mm-hmm. What I think is quite nice is actually sometimes Pop is a little bit smarter than me in some situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually sometimes Pop teaches me things because we can all learn things from each other regardless of our ages or, or who we are or whether we're balloons or not. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's quite nice though is that Pop in some of the videos is quite a good metaphor. So we have a video which explains to kids what discrimination means. And yeah. I say to Pop, well, you know, how would you feel if this shop wouldn't serve you because you're blue or mm. this ice cream stand wouldn't serve you because you're round? Um, yeah. I'm very conscious of not othering groups of people when explaining things like discrimination to children. So yes. this really whole helpful. make-believe concept um, of a balloon has been really helpful in explaining things like that to children. It's paid for itself. <laughs> and what's interesting, though, that you're talking about having that background in kids' theatre and, you know, you're writing books for kids. They're the hardest critics, right? Because if they're bored, they just walk off. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think I've learned a lot about how to not just write a story for children, but actually how to tell it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how to keep them engaged, what they like and what they don't like. Actually, part of what I do means that I've actually got to go into schools uh, and talk to the children as well. And I always say children are so much smarter than what they're given credit for, Mm. which I find super cool because at the end of the day, they're going to grow up to be the grown-ups of this world. And that's why it's so important that we we teach them about about all types of people. Something I find really interesting uh, with the kids is that they totally get the LGBT plus aspect of the world lots of Mm -hmm. them like they're super woke the majority of them the one thing they Mm -hmm. don't really understand is prejudice and discrimination and hate because i'm like yeah well i talk to them i'm like yeah i'm gay but you know if i was in a different country i perhaps would be put in prison or worse and the children are like what that doesn't make any sense and i'm like yeah i know wow quite interesting that isn't it because i think a lot of you know, we're both LGBT people. Uh, a lot of stuff that happens, uh, which is adjacent to prejudice, is people just kind of thinking other sections of society are okay and it's not a problem. You know, mm. I mean, and and not thinking that actually, if you've got it good in any way, shape, or form, you do have a responsibility to try and help others who are suffering in other ways, other than your own, um, and to not to sort of learn about people's experiences beyond your own, right? Definitely. I mean, that's the whole thing about privilege, isn't it? And kind of understanding where you are in the world and actually how you might have things better than some people. Or we, ha- we actually have a video and a whole chapter explaining mm. privilege to children uh, right. in our book. And we did it in a way we was like, oh, let's imagine a world of shapes. But let's say the triangle was in charge. 
-hmm. Now, if the triangle's in charge, they're going to decide that all the doors are probably going to be triangle-shaped, all the furniture's going to be triangle-shaped. And the triangles, you know, in this world, everything will work really well for them. And they're probably not even aware that for the circles, for the squares, for the octagons or whatever, they're not going to fit into this world so easily, are they? And I think that's been a really good way of explaining that concept to children who've maybe not heard of privilege before. It's wonderfully abstract, but also simple. You know? Yeah. So, Ollie, tell me about your early life. And we've asked the listeners loads of questions that we'll come to. But tell me a bit about your early life and schooling and LGBTness. Yeah, sure. Okay, well... I grew up, <laughs> like like <laughs> most it. people. I happened to be a child at one point. Yes. <laughs> How everyone. old are you now, by the way? I am 36. I'm going to need your skincare regime because oh, you look 21. A lot of surgery. No, it's not really. <laughs> I'm just a vampire. That's what I tell people. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's DNA. Yeah, I, first thing I'm going to say, childhood isn't easy for anyone, is it? Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether you're LGBT plus, like childhood can be such a traumatic time. Mm. And I think, you know, when you are LGBT plus or whether you're perhaps another protected characteristic, of course, that is going to potentially make things worse depending on your environment. For me, my personal journey, I just remember fairly young, probably like four or five thinking, mm, I'm a little bit different from the other boys um, I am more interested in playing with the girls. I like playing with, you know, air quotations, girls' toys. Um, I wasn't interested in stereotypical boy toys or, or football, et cetera, things we might have associated in the 90s with mm. masculinity. And I remember having to edit myself as a four, five-year-old, had to Ooh. edit my behaviour to conform at four or five that's amazing because my little godson he's six any concept that he might have been editing himself for two years is so sad yeah and it's like i think about it i'm like that must have been exhausting for me but and what it is is it's the other children sometimes policing yes uh behavior gender policing particularly at primary level it's a lot about like gender policing what can mm. you do as a boy or what can you do as a girl mm. uh and i remember you know I might want to pick up this toy, but I would stop myself because I don't want to get ridiculed. Um, and that kind of went through my whole whole childhood, actually, um, even in teenage years as well. So you you picked up Dog Tanyan, but really you wanted the Juliet doll. That was my thing. Basically, yes. Do you remember Dog Tanyan? Do you remember <laughs> do. Dog Tanyan and Juliet? Yeah, she was in a pink dress, right? Fucking great pink dress. Yeah, I do remember her. A problematic body shape. I think her waist would have been uh, yeah, the size of a wrist if it was real. Um, Very tiny. But she had a big pink dress on and Dog Tanyan just wasn't an enticing figurine. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always wanted like the little mermaid dolls and things like that, uh, which yeah, I wouldn't necessarily get bought, but I would was allowed to borrow them from my cousins and things like that. Jeez. So, you know, I found my way, like all queer, queer people do, of uh, I- getting what you want. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Were your family sort of understanding, supportive, and did they all also look 21? Yeah, my parents are very small. I actually call my parents. <laughs> Do you remember the borrowers who lived in the floorboards? Yes. That, that's yes. my mum and dad. They live in a little shoebox. Um, <laughs> it's it's interesting because I, I just think they just wasn't sure of the situation because mm-hmm. in the 90s, it just was like uncharted territory. Happening. And this is Essex, is it? Yeah, this is yeah. in Essex. And I think, you know, they've said to me now, you know, for a, for a little while they did really put me off the idea because I wanted a Barbie for like years and years and years and they kind of wouldn't buy it but then I think eventually they just kind of gave into it and so there were times when they were kind of understanding of things that I wanted and I think they were kind of like well it's only toys it doesn't really matter a toy's a toy but then there was other times as well when you know maybe they were a bit stricter uh, and I don't blame them. Like, I, that was just the society was we was in. We were also part of, you know, a church community as well, which ob- mm-hmm. obviously has its viewpoints on all things LGBT+. So it was quite a difficult time to navigate, I think, for us as a family. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't really come out until I was 19 to them. And that was quite traumatic, there was tears and questions and yeah. But now we have a great relationship and my mum and dad are such great champions. I think they've been educated through the work that I've been doing. They love my books. They are actually taking copies of my latest book to their church groups because their church is finally having LGBT plus meetings. And they're like, by the way, my son's written a book. And it's about LGBT plus. Wow. So I think a copy of our book is in the church library somehow. <laughs> That's amazing. And do you have siblings? I do. I have two older half siblings. So they're about, they're both about 10 years older than me. And did they live in the house with you growing up? Sometimes. Yeah. I came from what I would call a blended family. So yeah. my brother and sister have a different dad to me and sometimes they would live with us and sometimes they wouldn't because it's just always interesting the con the reason i ask is the the context of you know gender conforming or identity conforming siblings and if you're the one who doesn't it can just it adds in other stuff you know what i mean because you're like i i only had my sister so it was kind of easier for me because there wasn't another boy like thumping things and i felt inadequate i was like i'll just be like my sister yeah i think because they were so much older they, and they weren't really in the house with me, despite having siblings. I did at times feel like an only child. Uh, yeah, and it, I guess it did feel a bit lonely also being a queer child as well. Because, mm. you know, constantly being secretive and hiding things. And I think that's bled into my adult life as well. I'm, I often kind of like hide things or feel like 
shame about things and yeah. will like try and cover things up because I'm like scared of what how people will judge me. But so many so many of these things that we experience as children bleed into our into our adult lives, don't they? Well, it's baked into, you know, um, it's second nature and you don't even realise you're doing it. Mm. That's the thing, is that you're just used to being, going down the secretive route or going down the route of not asking for help because you don't feel like you can and all of that. You know, it, it all gets baked in and you actually have to, I have to have a real word with myself about not doing it. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm doing it again. You kind of, you're like, I can't believe I've ended up here. It's a process. It's a constant process. Mm. And actually, I, I actually distinctively remember a very interesting moment. I think I must have been about eight. Because prior to eight, I was like, oh, I'm different. And people can see that I'm different. But it is what it is. But then I remember about eight years old, or maybe it was seven, I was, I was ironically reading a children's book. And it was a Christian's children's book all about the body and stuff. And at the back there was um, a little section about homosexuality. And it's, and in this children's book, it said um, homosexuality is a sin in God's eyes. And that was kind of it. <laughs> wow. And that was the moment I was like, oh, even though I was seven or eight, I somehow recognised that my behaviour, which was playing with girls' toys or wanting to dress up as a girl, was considered homosexual behavior and that was almost mm. like a little switch in my head being like oh what i'm doing isn't just different it's actually a sin no. um so yeah that Which, was really spoiler tough. alert everybody it's not no and this is the thing <laughs> that's just that's just someone's opinion because what's great is that times have changed and we've got so many lgbt plus faith groups and churches who are actually embracing lgbt plus people mm, yeah so should we have a look at these questions the things that the listeners have sent in because yeah let's um, do it there was you educating yourself in the back of a book uh about how what you were was fundamentally wrong and a sin well first question we asked the listeners were you taught about lgbtq plus stuff in schools 93 percent of people said no nope and seven percent obviously said yes uh can i just ask you before I delve into what people wrote, what is the current curriculum in the UK? Because I know it's different in different bits of the UK mm -hmm. for teaching of LGBTQ plus stuff in schools. Okay, so for a little while, this was quite a grey area because obviously mm -hmm. we had Section 28, um, which got repealed in 2003. Um, so I'm pretty sure your listeners will know what Section 28 was. Oh, yeah. And if you don't, listeners, Google it. And while you're there, have Google of... Um, Marsha P. Johnson, Bride, Stonewall. <laughs> yeah, little, little history lesson, yeah. Um, but then that got repealed. Then 2010, obviously, we had the Equality Act, which meant uh -huh. no school, you know, whether it's private, faith school, whatever, can discriminate against anyone because of their protected characteristic, including mm -hmm. sexual orientation or gender reassignment, as it's stated in the Equality Act. And then time progresses... We're getting towards 2019, I think it is, when actually the relationship education for primary and secondary school needs to be updated because 
the last time it was updated was during mm. Section 28. Ah. So this government guidance, I've actually got a printout here because this is important information. Hold on, let me just refer to my notes. Very organised. <laughs> I'm so organised. <laughs> I love it. I'm le- just for anyone listening... <laughs> I'm staring at shelves of yellow and purple spined books, which I believe are your lovely books you sent me. Yeah, um, there's literally thousands in this room. Organised so beautifully. Colour colour coordinated, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a gay thing as well, though. It's like being a bit of an overachiever because I have to... It's that whole straight jacket thing, Matthew Todd, when it's like uh, we have to make up for our queerness. I think that's that's part of me being the generation I am. Anyway, sorry, so the government guidance on relationships and sex education for schools includes a requirement for secondary schools to teach about sexual orientation and gender identity and primary schools to teach about different families, including LGBT ones, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. That that is actually up there on the government's website in black and white. It says we need to teach children that LGBT families exist that those identities exist which is you know it's such a weight to have and i know it's only small but it's something because before they have had mm. actually had to update it before it was a bit gray they it said something like children need to learn that different types of families exist or like families can be diverse now to me that would be like oh of course you know diverse okay. families that means lgbt plus families as well but to some people they wouldn't necessarily think of that or think that they should be included and yeah, it's it's brilliant. Well, it's just deliberately a grey area, I would argue as well. It's so nice that they've got those letters in there. Is it did you, is it LGBT families or did they say LGBT plus? They well, see, they said LGBT. That's what it says. So the asexual community and beyond uh, are not actually covered there in law. It doesn't look like it, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't really talk about LGBT without talking about the plus because you just can't. <laughs> mm. Well, do you know, though, I, I would, you know, this is a place of aggressive honesty I try to be. You know, we do miss it out all the time here on this podcast. You know, like we really do underserve and people have written in and told us just that and we do try and do better. But um, it's amazing how you know, elements of the spectrum are dropped off and it's, it would just be, you know, all they need to do is a printout, you know, and just go, this is this is it plus more, you know, here are some resources or whatever. But, mm. you know, it's really interesting because this whole thing about schools is, it's one of the things that is closest to our listeners' hearts. It really is how people feel about how they were treated at school mm. for being queer. And it's and it's really interesting that Heartstopper had... I mean, we've never had so many emails as we have about Heartstopper yeah. and uh, about how it was just showing love in a way that we never felt we could live it in real life. It felt like a fairy tale. Um, and there's a couple of people who wrote in in response to just that first question, what were you taught about LGBTQ plus in schools? Lord Tracy Allen says, uh, Lord, love it. I grew up in the 70s, 80s. It was kind of horrible. I was called gay, homo, lots of other terrible words I'm not going to read out. I barely had friends and my schoolwork suffered. School memories are not fond ones. So I'm sorry to hear that, Lord Tracy Allen, because that should not have happened. Laura says, interesting to see how few answered yes, but would be really curious to find out whether that was a positive or negative experience. I distinctly remember being taught about same-sex 
relationships in RE, interesting, because that's where you found your uh, first bit, Ollie, mm. where it was framed as a pseudo-moral discussion and bigotry dressed up as facts yeah. and dressing up LGBT rights as intellectual debate. Fascinating. The main thing that sticks in my head is being told about medical complications of anal sex, implying that gay male relationships were inherently wrong. So yes to the question, but it was awful and homophobic and definitely nothing trans. This was a secondary school circa 2006, which I was quite surprised to read that actually. I thought things would have developed better by then. Mm -hmm. And next question was, were you open about your gender identity, sexuality at school? 92% of people said no. Only 8% of people were. Again, I'm quite surprised by that. Are you surprised? No, <laughs> no. not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no way I would have come out of school. Definitely not. I mean, I, yeah. I left school, I left secondary school in 2002. Uh -huh. But do you know what? I, the, I almost had a metaphor back there then for being gay because I was very much involved in theatre and dancing. And yeah. I, th I, that was one of my secrets. I spoke about having secrets. That was one of my secrets that I had and I just didn't really tell everyone. But it somehow kind of got out that, oh my gosh, Ollie goes to dancing on a Wednesday night. Wow. Yeah, and that was almost like some sort of coming out, even though I wasn't coming out as, as gay. I was coming out as a dancer. And back then, boys didn't dance. Not in the 90s. I mean, thank God they do now. But um, Do they now? I hope they do. Uh, the, the boys have always danced, but like I think the stereotype was, you know, in the 90s is that boys didn't do it. If you did do it, it meant you were different and gay yes whereas now it's like we know dancing is actually just for everyone as it always has been an amazing beautiful thing to and to not have dance in your life i mean i'm talking like i dance i mean i put rihanna on i dance but i'm not, <laughs> I'm not I'm somebody sure who can plie um <laughs> everyone can plie I mean, <laughs> technically it's, technically it's dancing but i'm not sure it's on the rhythm of any sort bianca says i'm still figuring myself so i'm a near 30-something that is like, my sexuality is not straight. Well, Bianca, I don't know what you think, Ollie, but I think that's all you need to know. Yeah, that's actually what we teach the kids, that actually you don't have to make your mind up. You can just be whatever mm. you want to be. I think in that, our, our book, one of the key words is, well, key phrases is some people. Some people feel like this. Some people don't. Some people feel like this. Some people don't feel anything. And whatever you feel is fine. But just respect that, you know, we all feel different and we're all figuring things out in our own time. There's no rush. That's the end of part one with wonderful Ollie. So what can I say? Part two is available on the feed. Go get it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.